Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mr. Johnny Crypto, Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath, and Andrew Cashflow, also known as the Cashflow King. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how BRICS nations are creating a new global reserve currency, stating this move away from the U.S. dollar is only the beginning for Russia and China's global dominance. A new report published by the Boston Consulting Group finds crypto users will surpass $1 billion by 2030. Could this future adoption be driven by regulation? The University of Tokyo is now offering courses in the metaverse, while China's social credit score is here. We show our listeners the details of this terrifying new system. Ripple is growing faster than ever as they continue to provide payment corridors worldwide. That's as Ethereum is gearing up for the largest move in crypto history. With all the rumors circulating around this upgrade, we break down exactly what to anticipate after the merge. Gary Gensler continues his tirade on crypto, stating most crypto assets have attributes of securities. At the same time, Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse is more confident than ever, stating Ripple will win the lawsuit because the law is on our side. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. Social credit score is loco. That's the first comment I see this morning, and I couldn't agree more, my friend. Once we break down the details of this new system, it's a little bit terrifying, but I guess it's good to know the game so you don't get played. Mr. Johnny Crypto, I see you're still in Connecticut, my friend. I know you had an amazing weekend with Mario and Jeremy. How are you feeling on this Monday? Oh, my God. It was it was the hottest weekend of the year. We were in the uh, from here, 95s. Humidity was high. <laughs> the water was like 90 degrees almost. It was incredibly. It's been an unbelievable weekend. But, um, you know, good morning to all the crypto maniacs out there. Hopefully you're all doing well. And a good morning to our buddies there, uh, Gonzo, and obviously good evening to Andrew Cashflow. Good to see everybody and uh, looking forward to diving into some breaking news we got here. It's 5 p.m. in the Netherlands, my friend. But before we dive into that, we got the crypto Goliath in the building this morning. Gonzo, I got to be cliche. Show our users that diamond hand here. And how you feeling on this Monday, my friend? Good morning, Abs, and good morning, everybody. I'm doing great, man. I can't wait. You know, I'm excited for the week. Uh, I'm excited for the uh, X-Gen token release that's coming on Wednesday uh, on the Fungible Show. Uh, they're going to talk about it. But I got to do some how-to videos for the Collecti um, world on Discord on, on how to uh, download a Zoom wallet and how to buy the X-Gen token. So that was cool. I got to spend some time with Shelly. We took our stepdaughter to summer camp on Sunday and then went out to dinner. So, so it was nice, man. I, I'm, I'm truly, truly blessed. 
That's amazing, Gonzo. A good relaxing weekend. And trust me, you deserve it, my friend. Anybody who doesn't know, this man is known for working 14, 16-hour days, five, six days a week. So much respect to my friend Gonzo. But we got Andrew Cashflow in the building this morning. Andrew Cashflow, it is 5 p.m. in the Netherlands. So it's not good morning, it's good afternoon. But how are you feeling, my friend? Hey, good morning, everybody, my friends, everybody who's uh, look, uh, watching and listening. Um, yeah, it's, it's excellent here. Uh, we had a beautiful, really beautiful weekend. I, uh, Saturday night, we had a, I, I organized the barbecue. Sunday, we went to the beach on, 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 on near the Hague. You know, we, I'm, I'm, I could on my mountain bike, I could bike to the beach. Uh, excellent, couldn't be better. And uh, so today, also it's a little bit cooler, but uh, it's fantastic. And I'm making also fantastic profits at the moment. You can't believe it, but with my new uh, yeah, uh, strategies, which I, by the way, just published on, uh, on, 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 on YouTube, on my channel. So you can have a look already at the DCA, Dollar Cost Average Strategies. I published four. There will also be uh, three other uh, uh, strategies will be published. That is the Price Cost Average Strategy, but it's fantastic. And I'm making, uh, time after time, I'm making money, not only with crypto, but also with, uh, with stocks. So... Uh, yeah, fantastic here. <laughs> Andrew Cashflow, that is why we call you the Cashflow King, my friend. But we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do, by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account, at 3TGM Crypto. Johnny Crypto, we typically go live at 8 p.m. on Monday, but tonight I know you got some friends over, so it may just be me and Gonzo. So if you're looking for that content, go smash that follow button. Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is still sitting in fear this morning. We're sitting at a 30, but what catches my attention is the total market cap. We are at exactly $1 trillion this morning. Bitcoin is at 42% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. Bitcoin is at $21,900 this morning. Ethereum, $1,500. XRP is $0.34. Cents. Cardano is $0.49. Cents. Avalanche, $22. Stellar is $0.11. Cents. VeChain, $0.2.5. Cents. And Hedera Hashgraph is just below $0.07 cents this morning. Lots of development going on across the board. And we're going to dive into a lot of that today, whether it's Ethereum, Ripple, XDC, the list goes on and on. But what catches my attention is we are coming up with a new global reserve currency from the BRICS nations, and that's going to be terrifying. But before we dive into that, I'm going to kick it to the crypto Goliath. Gonzo, what catches your attention this morning? And is there anything you're watching on this Monday? Yeah, you know, I, I just put my DCA strategy that I do for this week. Um, I just put it on hold because I want to see what happens with the Fed meeting on Wednesday to see how the market reacts. Um, you know, everyone's expecting 75 basis points. Uh, I'm leaning towards 100 because, you know, we know they're going to go on break uh, and they won't be back. Uh, I think it's till September, right, Johnny? They'll be back. Um, and so this will be the last time that they kind of maybe can affect the market. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we get 100, there's a quick reaction and we get kind of a V-shaped recovery as we move up because they can't kind of mess with it, you know? Uh, but um, so I'm waiting to see what happens. Uh, before I, I dollar cost average for this week. For, but for those of you that are, you know, maybe new to crypto and, and you're looking at to maybe buy something, uh, I looked at the prices, you know, HBAR seemed pretty stable, XLM, XRP, um, Algorand, um, those kind of dropped down to where they were uh, a few weeks ago. So, you know, those aren't bad. That's awesome. And I want to go to Johnny Crypto next. Johnny, what catches my attention about this pullback we had during this bear market is that we tested that 2018 all-time high as a perfect level of support. And now we've gotten a little bit of bullish price action. It's always funny when you zoom out, we say bullish price action, but it's really just the smallest bullish candle there. What catches your attention this morning, Johnny? And how do you feel about a lot of the market action we're experiencing today? People are very bullish on Ethereum. What are some of your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, people are bullish because of a lot of talk and chatter around the um, merge coming. And so you got to be careful because that's exactly how this works is the bottom was to buy it was at a thousand or 900 is where I think it dropped. That was, you know, and now the news is coming. Now, the rumor was back then. Now, the news, when the news comes out that the merge is done, it's going to crash, in my opinion. There's no other reason to drive it up at that point. It's buy the rumor, sell the news. And that's already kind of part over. You already got a 50% increase, right? We're sitting at 1500 bucks. So, to me, I'm not excited anymore. I was buying it at $1,000. i am i am excited about that. But I, I, I'm not a big buyer right now. I think we're going to get a little bit more of a, a pump in some of these altcoins, in the month of August. And then I think as we get to September, we're going to be up to sideways and then we're going to crash big time in October. I've been saying it for a while, just as I thought we'd get a bump. I thought we'd bottom out in July and get a pump. And here we are right now. The question is how high do we get? And I'm not super bullish on anything right now. I mean, we were at a 10. Now we're at a 30, right? Pretty soon we're going to be at a 50, which is neutral on the buy index. And then we're going to be ready to sell when we get into that green. So for me, I'm just kind of the same thing like Gonzo. I'm just kind of holding pattern right now. All the buying has already been done. Now we just wait to see what happens. The Fed will probably raise anywhere you know, from 0.75 to 100 basis points. I think both numbers are kind of sort of baked in. I don't think it's going to matter if they do one of those two numbers. If they do higher or lower than those two numbers, then we'll see some action. But I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I want to go to Andrew Cashflow here. Andrew Cashflow, very interesting comment from one of our listeners, Chris Rowe. He says, as an Ethereum miner, once it's merged, there's no point in supporting Ethereum. He's going to be moving on. But what catches my attention is that 40% of the Bitcoin is currently held by people who invested in 2021 and 2022. All of those investors are at a loss, and they bought in an average price of $43,000. Andrew Cashflow, this is a good indicator about where we are, especially during this bear market. But what catches your attention on this Monday? Now, that's absolutely true because the people are holding, yeah, they don't want to take a loss. And there are a lot of uh, 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 yeah, news that Bitcoin will go up, it will go to the moon. And that's what they hear. It will also go to the, to the seller, but the, 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 they don't want to hear that. Uh, what, uh, what attracts my attention is, for example, the, the, the flag pattern at the moment we see at, uh, at Ethereum. Already for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days in a row. It's going sidewards. What does that mean? That means it goes either it goes up or later it goes down. Yeah, and, and of course it, it's a 50-50, but actually the market is indecisive where, where to go. So it would be great if you say, okay, uh, if you want to bet on an upwards trend to place an order just above the, 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 the flag pattern, or if you say, I want to go short, which I would not recommend, but then place an order just below the flag pattern. And th this way, I'm actually I'm also learning this, this way you can uh, take advantage. And I'm also doing this with uh, with stocks. And uh, for example, we have the Stronghold Digital Holding, which is uh, which is also a cryptocurrency, but it is also a stock and it is just a miner. And I'm making over and over, there is so much volatility. And every time it's going down, I buy at minus 20, at minus 30. And when I make, 15% profit, I sell again. But every time this, this, this stock that gaps, gaps up and it gaps down. And that, that's so much fun because two times already in a row, I made 33 or 35% with the stock, which is, which is crazy. But you know, that are the, the, the possibilities that are there because a lot of people, they don't have an idea. Yeah, what is happening? Uh, investors, traders, they don't know what's happening. and. Uh, what, what Gonzo already said, 
it is uh, yeah a little bit yeah quiet on the market. However, you can find volatility, and if you like it, yeah, you can play with the volatility, and that's uh, that's what I do. And there's a lot of speculation right now. Is this a generational buying opportunity or are we just getting started for a catastrophic recession or depression within the United States? But before we dive into that, we got 169 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're Johnny Crypto, drop, kick it, give it an elbow because we're going to dive into some of the most amazing and historic news we have for you guys. Our first article for today is some fundamental news within the crypto market that everybody should be aware of. Crypto is going to reach 1 billion users by 2030, says Boston Consulting Group. It shows that only 0.3% of individual wealth is invested in cryptos, while 25% is in equities. So in a joint published report by Boston Consulting Group, BitGet and Foresight Ventures shows that crypto adoption is still very, very low compared to traditional investment assets. The report concluded that the shallow investment penetration means there's still a lot of room for more substantial growth and adoption within the cryptocurrency industry. They compared the internet's adoption curve to the cryptocurrency market today. And Johnny Crypto, I'm going to show our listeners our chart, but I'd love to give you a chance to just speak about how technological adoption works. We typically go through phase one, then we regress in phase two, and then we have an explosive phase three. Why don't you fill our listeners in? Yeah, well, you just did. That's how it works. So what I, what, I, what excites me about this chart is that we've been, we've been saying for a while now that we're early, early, early on in the cryptocurrency adoption rate. And we know that there's about 300 million users globally that are in crypto right now. And you can see here by 20, what was that? 2030, it said? By 2030, yes, 20, billion users. That's a three, three X from where we are today. That's 300% more users coming into the market. Folks, I want you to wrap your head around the idea of 300% more people coming in to the market and if we're at a two trillion or one trillion dollar market today, let's just do some real basic, you know, correlations here. Um, so we got a trillion for three hundred million, right? Imagine now we triple that. That's four trillion dollar market, you know. So and obviously in a four trillion dollar market, you're going to see altcoins. You know, they could be skyrocketing here. So this is really really exciting to me that we are just so early on in the process. So much people, so many more people are coming, and more importantly. So much more money is coming when the regulation happens because, you know, this is people, but but this isn't really what the big driver of the of, of the pricing will be. It'll be the institutions. And we're not even talking about that. The institutional money and then all these other people. Come in. I mean, if you can't see the the the, um, the tsunami that's coming, I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's just really exciting to me. Uh, abs. I remember seeing that chart when we were putting PCA together. and We're like, wow, we're so early that we know there's so many more users ready to come into this market. Everybody, again, pat yourselves on the back because you're here very, very early and you stand the chance to make some serious generational wealth. Can, can Johnny, can do that? Yes. Actually, make it very simple. If you see the market capitalization of the all, all the cryptocurrencies is currently around 1 billion or so, if that should triple, it doesn't fit in that box for 1 trillion. Because it should be three billion, so it should be pumped up. To yeah, so all cryptos should go up. Be aware that also the the bad actors will also grow, and then we will get a recession again or or, or a pull down, and it will go down again. But at least if so much money is coming in, it should stay somewhere. And there is only one possibility: those cryptos should go up. There is no other way you can do it. 
Very simple. And Johnny Crypto said something so important, which is that if this is a $1 trillion market today with 300 million users, we got up to $3 trillion just last November. So you can actually say that we would have be at $12 trillion in total realized uh, value. But I want to kick it to Gonzo here. Gonzo, one of the most important things about this data is they talked about the non-fungible token industry reaching $230 billion in 10 years. And that's going to be because of all the new use cases, but they're predicting 33% year over year growth. What do you think about that statistic right there? Well, I mean, I think they're 100% spot on. I mean, I, the other aspect too, like what Johnny said, as far as like the total market cap and how early we are, we don't even have regulation yet. So think about it. There are like 20,000 cryptos, maybe more than 20,000 cryptos. Once we get regulation and a large majority of these go away, it causes a focal point so that all that money gets filtered into just a certain amount of cryptos, right? Because right now we're kind of a little bit spread out. So that's another effect, you know, but as far as like the NFT marketplace, yeah, we haven't even started yet. When you think about like um, music, film, sports, those are huge billions and billion dollars industries when they move over into like the NFTs. And then you have all the uh, enterprise, right, which is medical records, certifications, all the different aspects. Um, uh, I, I definitely believe that uh, 100%. Uh, and like, it's funny because I remember w when I first got into crypto, I, I think like at the end of 2020, um, you know, and, and everyone that joins the space that's new to it, you have this feeling that like you missed out, right? Because you see the price of Bitcoin, right? And then as you, as you're in the space for a while, you realize like, oh my God, we are so, so early, right? And so definitely if you just joined yesterday, we you, you haven't missed the boat. We are way, way, way early. We're just getting started, and I think our next article is going to explain exactly that to many of our listeners. If you guys are enjoying this content, we get 182 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Elbow that like button for us, but do not break your computer. We're going to be covering some Ethereum news next as a DeFi researcher reveals what to expect from Ethereum after the merge. A former DeFi researcher reveals what to expect from Ethereum after the merge as there's many misconceptions going on in the market today, one of, one of which is that fees on Ethereum will not be reduced. Fees are a function of a block space demand and do and are not a consensus mechanism. Gonzo, before we dive into the remainder of this article, I do want to address this really quick. People are talking about how Ethereum, it's supposed to be reduced. The fees are going to be reduced. That's not going to be the case. And after learning that this week, and it changed a lot of the ways that I look at this merger because it's going to be difficult to scale if they don't reduce the fees. What does this say to you, Gonzo, before we dive into the remainder of this? Yeah. So, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, I think, on our show and then in our community. Um, you know, think of Ethereum as it's three base layers, right? The consensus layer, the data availability, and then the execution layer. So this is just an upgrade to the consensus layer where it goes from proof of work to proof of stake, right? All it does is it makes it more energy efficient, 99.95 more energy efficient, right? Because it's going proof of stake. The other thing that happens is the issue in rents. In the article they talked about is inflation and they reversed it. But it's the issuance rate, the amount of Ethereum that's made per day. It goes from 4.3 to 0.22, right? And so there are times because of the burning mechanism that we have that um, Ethereum is going to be deflationary. But this is just one upgrade that are more upgrades to come, right? Um, and so this is just the starting off point. We won't get the actual gas fees get lowered when we get the upgrade to the data availability layer, which is coming through sharding, right? Whereas they're gonna take the whole Ethereum blockchain and to break it up into smaller pieces, 64 pieces to be exact. Um, and it just makes it more scalable. And that's actually where we're gonna see gas fees get reduced. 
Pretty cool. And I love the Matic solution that came out this week. And I actually went with one of my friends. We purchased a little bit of Matic based off that news. And it's been pretty profitable. But Johnny Crypto, I want to kick it to you here. He pointed out that six to 12 months after the merge, we could see some bearish price action because all the ETH that has been staked will then be allowed to be unstaked and dumped onto the open market at that point. What does that say to you about where we are in our market cycle today? If that after September, six to 12 months after September, we could have a large dump of Ethereum. Yeah, like I said earlier, the it's going to pump uh, for uh, as we come closer to this news and these things happening. And once they happen, it's going to dump. <laughs> They're going to dump it, especially when there's a shit ton of ETH locked up for ETH 2.0. Uh, a lot of it, you can't take it out until 2.0 comes. So when that happens, you will see a dumping. But they actually have a schedule, though, guys. So um, yeah. there's only even after it unlocks, right? And, and that won't happen into six to 12 months. It'll be a separate upgrade. They're, they were very smart, right? They understand that people will just dump it. And so there's only so much Ethereum that can be unlocked per day, almost like a, a trickle effect. That's the way they set it up. We'll see how it plays out. And they're also incentivizing Ethereum holders by increasing the yield 50%. This is going to allow better sustainability on the Ethereum blockchain rather yep. than the Bitcoin blockchain. Johnny Crypto, take it over. The biggest problem I have still with it is it's not capped. So when you look at Bitcoin, it's capped, right? 21 million, that's a hard cap. You can't ever make more. With Ethereum, people don't realize this, but it's not capped. They can make whatever. Now, they've designed it as 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 uh, ETH. As Gonzo just told you, where they're going to change the inflationary rate. So instead of 4.3, it'll be much, much lower. But they can always add more ETH anytime they want. So that's just something to be aware of. I personally like ETH. I think ETH is going to have a a, a, a place to play in this game. I was buying it when we were in that 1,000 range. So I'll be holding on to ETH long-term because I, I think it's going to be a major player just based on the people behind it who own it and started it. To me, that's good enough, <laughs> that reason alone, when you understand how the world works. So um, ETH will be here to stay. The only thing that's going to kill ETH is ETH. I've been saying that for a while. And I think if they come through and they do these three different blocks of upgrades, uh, as, as, as uh, Gonzo rightfully pointed out and broke out carefully, because everybody is confused. They think that, you know, we're going to instantly get the gas fees. No, it's going to be in blocks, just the way Cardano does things in stages and phases. And ETH will be here to stay long term if all that stuff happens. Yes, Andrew Cashflow, what I think is interesting about the environment we're in right now is that over these next few years, Ethereum's competitors are only getting stronger and stronger, so they're forced to adopt. And this merge, yes, it is a massive upgrade, but it's essential if Ethereum's going to survive. What are some of your thoughts on the competitors to Ethereum and the potential that Ethereum may not be the main player in this DeFi market within the next five years? Yeah, what, 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 what you see is that, for example, you know I'm, I'm a big, uh, big fan of Atom and the Cosmos uh, environment. And Cosmos environment all have separate blockchains everywhere what you now for example see that there are more and more bridges are built between ethereum blockchain and the cosmos blockchain um sushi swap is coming with the with with the with the decentralized exchange towards the the, the cosmos environment the dxdy is coming to cosmos more and more uh, uh projects are now focusing on other environments and one of the best uh, advocates for for the Cosmos environment was the pressure on Luna when it was totally on sale. You know, everybody knows the story, but nothing happened. It was totally stable. The whole environment was stable and it stayed stable. So it is such a good concept and everybody or, or every project that has its own blockchain environment with inter-blockchain communication protocol, they can connect, but they're also responsible for their own uh, 
uh, uh, speed on that blockchain. So, and this is with Ethereum, the more users on Ethereum and the more projects on Ethereum, yeah, the slower it gets. And, you know, it's also a matter of, yeah, solving problems that you actually need to solve in the basics, which is, uh, for example, the layer two and the, and the, the roll-up uh, uh, projects that they are now making so that you can increase the speed of, of Ethereum. But, but actually, it's more or less, yeah, it's not state of the art. And, and yeah, that's the advantage or the disadvantage of being one of the first. So, exactly. But still, I believe, in, I believe in Ethereum. It will stay there because also the major players are also so heavily invested also in the projects that are building on Ethereum. Take my words, Ethereum will stay. Ethereum to the moon, my friend. And we are about to dive into some XRP content because that's what's most relevant and what's very interesting right now because Flare Networks is going to be going live in September. And when we talk about Ethereum competitors, Flare Networks could be one of the major players in this market. One of the questions people always ask us is, why is Flare Networks going to change the game for XRP? This is explaining exactly why. How do I earn interest or passive income on my XRP without ever leaving it on my wallet? Flare community came and responded and said, you will be able to do this by minting FXRP on the Flare network, which will have smart contract functionality. You would hold your XRP in your wallet, for example, a ledger, and provide Flare as collateral, mint FXRP onto the Flare network, then use FXRP in various DeFi protocols, also receiving Flare as collateral. This is really, really interesting because we're going to be able to earn passive income on all of our XRP, which is currently just sitting in my cold storage wallet. I'd love to hear from Andrew Cashflow again. Andrew Cashflow, how do you feel about this update here and the fact that we're going to be able to earn on our XRP for very, very little risk? I'm, I'm, already, oh, I'm already earning all my XRP. You know, I have half of my XRP on Nexo and half of my XRP I'm not earning with. And that's in my, in my Zoom wallet. And I, I, it stays there. So I spread my risk. But I'm happily earning money with uh, with Nexo on my XRP. I blocked it. Uh, uh, half of that I blocked for a half a year, and the other half I blocked for a year. So, um, and this kind of yeah, uh, new innovations. Yeah, it's pretty logical that this kind of innovations um, arise. However, yeah, you know, we, we'll see how it works out. But the intention is okay, and a lot of people want to make money. They want to earn. It's another yeah, DeFi kind of uh, of protocol. We'll see what happens uh, to all the listeners and, and what the people who are watching be careful especially when it is young when it is a young pro project because it can be hacked especially when you are bridging some stuff uh, be careful try it out with a little bit and get comfortable uh, watch the news uh, you know but but certainly be careful and don't put all your savings in there because you think because we see or we saw what happened with with luna um don't do it. You know, Andrew brings up a really good point as far as bridging. And that's the biggest thing that I learned when uh, Bearable Bull did the interview with the founder of Flare is the way that they're doing their bridging, right? Um, it's not bridging. It's called, uh, I think, cake layering. And, um, and it, 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 um, it moves the risk away from your assets onto them, right? They take on the risk for the assets. Um, I mean, you got to watch the video. It's very very informative. I'm like going off the top of my head, but I think that's another reason why it's taken so long for Flare to come out is because it started kind of as this DeFi thing and it's an evolved, right? But um, they're going to be one of these entities that are going to be able to connect 
to different blockchains. And that's really where the future is, right? Multi-blockchain is where we're going. Johnny, what I love about Flare is that they're going to be incentivizing people to put XRP into their ecosystem and let them earn off that with a wrapped asset, meaning you're not risking your original XRP. That I do find to be exciting. Are you going to be taking advantage of many of the new Flare DeFi protocols? And are you going to be receiving your 15% airdrop in September? Um, no, so I got into XRP after the the announcement, <clears throat> so I'm not going to be getting it. I did buy some Flare IOUs, so I'll be getting it for that. But I'm going to be honest with you, you know, everybody's excited about Flare, this and that, and that's great, and you can't, all can be. I'm not. You know, for me, I'm not even, I'll, I'm not, I never tend to be an early adopter of new technology because I'm in technology and I know how technology works. The first version is always bad. It's always broken. There's a lot of issues. So for me personally, uh, as Andrew kind of just said too, I won't be jumping in. I'll be taking my time going slow. I may put, as Andrew says, two to five hundred dollars, maybe two to five hundred XRP in there. That's it, just to play around. But I'm not. I'm not risking it. Not. Not me. Not. My, not with my XRP. I know many people will, and that's fine. You should do what you feel comfortable with. But for me, um, it's you know, I'm. A, I'm. A, let's wait it out. Let's see how it works. Because here's the deal, guys. No matter how you look at anything. You can't come here and tell me that nothing doesn't have risk or minimize. Everything has risk. And we don't understand the basic fundamentals of where they're investing and putting in money, how things are working enough yet to know that there's very minimal risk. Everybody thought Celsius had minimal risk and BlockFi had minimal risk and Nexo had minimal risk and they're, and they're gone, some of them. So for that matter, you know, for me, no, I'll be, I'll be easing it slow. I'll let everybody else take the risk. And if it, you know, after a year or two, if it looks solid, then then I'll probably jump in more. So I'm just being honest with you guys. That's where I'm at. And so oh, my ahead. bet is still at my bet is still active with Selman, right? We bet what was going to happen first, Flare or the merge. We know the merge is September 19th. I know Flare September. So that bet is still alive. We'll see what happens with that, right? You know what, Gonzo? Honestly, I think the safer bet at this point is probably Ethereum. After all the times that Flare has come out and put out deadlines, I think their original deadline was June of 2021. Then they moved it to September. Then they moved it to December. Then they moved it to July. And now it's September again. So it wouldn't be a surprise to me at all if they continue to kick the can down the road. But all of our listeners out there, we brought something very, very interesting this morning. It is not directly crypto related, but it is technology related. We have an update from China's social credit score that's going on right now today. They're going to break down all the details of how they're grading many of their citizens and what they have to do to be considered a real citizen of China. So we're going to let this clip play. Then we'll get some comments from the group. Here we go. China already uses a social credit system where technology tracks everything you do and rates you based on your decisions, criticize the government, and they'll take away your ability to travel. They're constantly monitored by facial recognition cameras that are able to instantly put a face to a name. Now the Chinese are also ranked, given a mark out of a possible 950 points. A score in the 700s is considered good. Around the 500 mark is not. So I just want to clarify, is the audio okay on that video? And also, if not, I can break down exactly what she said. Gonzo, can you just clarify that for me? Yeah, I can understand it. I mean, I could hear it. I think it was good. Okay, perfect. I'm going to let the remainder of this clip play, and then we'll get some comments from the group. Aggregating data gathered by banks, private companies, and the state to rate if someone's a good or bad citizen. The state will go over every detail of a person's life with a fine-tooth comb. Financial situation, spending habits, career, even behavior on social media. Criticizing the government online or displaying outward signs of wealth is a no-no. On the other hand, praising the party or giving blood 
increases your social credit. Johnny Crypto, to me, when I see something like that, it really indicates that this could be the beginning of the end for what we call freedom today. They're going to be grading who your friends are, your employment, your income, and the value of your conversation. There was a great quote, a little bit of a tangent here. Great quote from Elon Musk I heard. The lowest form of conversation is gossip. Individuals, the second best form is events, and the best form of is ideas. So if you are discussing ideas within this Chinese credit score, you're going to be receiving a high score. Just a little detail there. But Johnny Crypto, what does this clip say to you? I mean, you know, this is so here's the deal. <clears throat> At the end of the day, with they're going to start it there. At some point, I won't be surprised. It's going to, you know, they'll, they'll tout how great of an idea this is and how it's great for society. And it'll get rolled out here as well. And here's what I would tell everybody. At the end of the day, learn the system. So you can't learn the game. So you can't get played. So learn. You just touched on one item. What are the things that give you a high score? And do those things. What are the things that give you a low score? Be very, very careful to, to not do those things. So, yes, in a way, it is kind of a loss of some freedoms. But if you play the game right, um, you might hey, still John, be able to live your life and and get a high score. Just Johnny Crypto, smart. I want to teach an important lesson to our listeners that you actually taught me, my friend. And this is a little bit of a joke. I hope I'm not crossing any lines here. But you are a registered Republican. It may be beneficial to you to donate $5 to the Democratic campaign. And if you're a registered Democrat, it may benefit you to submit $5 to the Republican campaign. It's a classic uh, 3D chess case scenario, but I do want to kick it to Andrew Cashflow. Andrew Cashflow, you are not a United States citizen, so I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. We've got China taking the lead on social credit scores and central bank digital currencies. But what Johnny Crypto just brought up is very important. It's inevitable that these technologies come to the West. When are you anticipating that happening and how do you feel about this entire narrative? Yeah, yeah, it, it is indeed, it is inevitable. And what, what Johnny said, just just behave, but also understand how the system works so that you can maneuver in between the system. And uh, I remember that my grand my grandparents were talking about lockdowns in the Second World War because, yeah, we had Second World War here. So, and there was an evening clock, let's call it. So they were not allowed after seven o'clock in the evening to go on the street. So what did they do? They just walked through the over the roof to their neighbors and went there. They're playing cards and that kind of stuff, you know. But there are always ways to figure out how you can do it different. They they didn't have electricity anymore, but the the poles in the street, the the light poles in the street, they were they had electricity. So what do you do? Break the thing open and 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 with with a piece of wire, uh, yeah. Get it, get it inside your house, and you have electricity again. And yeah, listen, listen to the radio was was uh, was uh, was forbidden. So what did you do? Yeah, that were that, that, that wooden boxes. So just turn the box upside down, and you think it's a wooden box. No, it was a radio. So you know there is so much stuff you can do. And I think make it a game and play your own game and and and, and walk your own route through through the system. I love that initiative, creating innovative ways to get around the system or what Johnny Crypto does, play games of misdirection because there's one thing that's for certain. If they push this on us, I'm not going to be willingly cooperating, but I do want to kick it to Gonzo here. Gonzo, what does this video indicate to you and what are some of the emotions that arise when you watch something like this? You know, uh, it's scary as hell, right? Like, because if you don't, I mean, but what do we expect from a communist country, right? And I understand that it could come over here, uh, but I think that's why it's important to like, I think... Um, somebody commented about like how we vote right and who we put in power because it's a you know everything's done by fear right um and like johnny says if you know the game then you can't be played but i think that's why it's so important to create 
um, generational wealth so that you can go where you're treated the best. So if that comes over here, I'm sure you're going to find a place. There's somewhere a place on this planet where they're not going to do this, right? Um, where where you're going to be able to be treated better, and that's why it's important um, to you know create general wealth so that you have those options, so that you're not limited on where you can go, right? And I understand that it's hard for them because you know it's a communist country; they can't just bounce. We have more liberties here in this country, um, but uh, yeah, I mean you should be scared as hell because you know. All you have to do is not play nice or say something negative about the government and your social score goes down the tank and then maybe you lose your job or maybe you don't get that car loan or maybe you don't get that house loan. Uh, and it's a very, very slippery slope. Johnny, your private island, your private island is looking more important than ever. My friend, I do want to get some closing remarks from you because you always talk about how you'd like to live off the grid. I always talk about the opposite approach where I'd like to have multiple passports and be able to go wherever they treat us best. I'm not saying which one is better or which one is worse, but I do think both of these situations, they may be something we have to deal with in the future. What does this article say to you? And what are some of your closing thoughts here? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I love the U.S. government. I love our politicians. I love our president. I love everybody. They're so wonderful. I just love them so much. I can't wait when this is over. I got my flag. I'm going to go ready to go join the parade. I'm super excited. I can't wait to start sharing ideas. Hell yeah, Johnny Crypto. We know you're a huge supporter of not only governments, but Gary Gensler himself. Love I do want to say- Love we got Johnny Love Crypto. Gary. You love Gary Gensler. I know the game so you can't get played, people. And that's what Johnny Crypto is doing here. We got 239 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Our next article is, of course, XRP related. As Brad Garlinghouse states, he's more confident than ever that they are going to win their battle against the SEC. So Ripple CEO says that we will win as the law is on our side. But if otherwise, the world is already operating as if Ripple has lost this lawsuit. Brad Garlinghouse, the CEO of Ripple, discussed a number of crypto-related topics this week at Collision 2022. The Ripple CEO said that he is optimistic the blockchain company will be victorious in its battle against the SEC. I'm betting that Ripple will win the lawsuit, just to be clear, Brad Garlinghouse said. I'm betting that not only just because of the tone of questions from the judge, but I'm betting that I know the facts and that the law is on our side. SEC is still pushing the case against Ripple to ensure that XRP is classified as a security, and the SEC massively oversteps as Brad Garlinghouse. I think they saw a gray area and decided to go in on it. I'd love to start off with Johnny Crypto here. Johnny Crypto, what are some of your thoughts about this evolution of the lawsuit? Brad Garlinghouse, he's optimistic that they're going to win, but he said even if they lose, they're already operating as if they have. So what I'm trying to say there is that regardless of what happens with the Securities and Exchange Commission, Ripple is continuing to expand. They just opened up a new corridor in the Philippines. They've got a new corridor in the UAE. Times are more bullish than ever, but the SEC, they're coming after us. What does this say to you? Yeah, you know, I mean, first of all, Brad took a very smart approach. That's the way to do it. If I were me, I would do the same thing. I would just take the approach, hey, we already lost. You saw Ripple never stopped. They didn't skip a beat. They continued to go on and start pushing uh, their technology and getting it adopted around the rest of the world, right? So they're in a lot of areas outside of the U.S. That's kind of where they've been held back a bit. And to be honest with you, Abs, <clears throat> I don't know if there is such thing of a loss. You know, even if they lose, all it just means is they're a security. Then what they do is they just go register with the SEC. <clears throat> they're going to pay a fine or something. And then I think they get to go about their business and be able to then start to play in the U.S. So I don't really know if there's a win. I mean... I so let me rephrase. There is going to be a difference. If they win or settle, it'll be less painful for them than if they lose. 
But even if they lose, I still think at the end of the day, <clears throat> a year or two years down the road, they still end up in the same place where they're able to operate and, and their technology, if it's still um, the best technology out there and it still solves companies' problems and it's the cheapest, better solution, it's going to get adopted as long as they follow, you know, whatever rules they need to after they lose the case. So for me, I, I, I just think it's going to be more of a mental block for people when they hear, oh, my God, they lost, as opposed to the real true penalty that's going to happen to the company. I don't think it really affects them. We're going to get regulation, and most of these things are going to end up being a security anyway, or they're going to be a commodity, and they're going to end up fitting themselves to that ruling one way or the other. So We had a really interesting comment. It says that if XRP is registered at a, as a security, will retail be locked out of purchasing that asset Absolutely not. If we look at what happens in the past, typically you'll get grandfathered in. They're not going to come and take your XRP away. If anything, there would be a buyback, but I do want to kick it to Gonzo here. Gonzo, Ripple CEO said that he's optimistic the blockchain company will be victorious against the SEC. As I was doing a lot of research this weekend, there was plenty of FUD articles taking quotes from Brad Garlinghouse and saying, look at they're already operating as if they lost. They must know they're going to lose the lawsuit. I do not believe the case. And that's what Brad Garlinghouse says here. What is there, What are some of your thoughts? It's actually anybody that knows anything about business. I think it's genius, right? We talk about like, look at these teams when you want to like invest that that's genius, right? You're operating as if you have already lost and he's expanding throughout the world, right? So he's already covered. So it's not a surprise if they lose, he doesn't want to lose. I don't think they're going to lose. Right. But if you operate as if you've already lost, then it doesn't affect you when you lose. Right. Um, so it's genius. And, and they're just going to continue to expand around the world. It's a worldwide company. What we're talking about right now is just in the United States. Now, it's a big market, right? But these guys are going to continue to expand, right? We don't think that they're going to lose. But operating as if they did doesn't mean that they want to lose. It just means that that's how you do business, right? That's how you're successful. You're spot yeah. on, Gonzo. And I want to, oh, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry about that. You know, just to clear that question up, you know, if it becomes a security, is, is it not going to be accessible? First of all, guys, every stock you invest in is a security. Tesla's a security. They got sued. It's just a matter of how Ripple has to go about handling it if it is deemed a security. They're going to have to communicate it more. They have to do things different. It's going to cost them a lot more money, but they could make it available to the general public. And, you know, you would think that they would want to. So, um, yeah, don't get hung up on well, if it's security, I won't be able to hold it. That's not really how it'll work. It'll, it'll probably be more of if it's a security, Ripple's going to have to put a shit ton more disclaimers out there about it, how it works, what the risks are. That's what they're going to have to do because it's already out there in a ton of people's hands. That's one my the, guess. Johnny, one of the comments we just got is that there will be no buybacks. We had Brad Garland, or sorry, we had Coach JV interview somebody last week talking about the potential for banks to buy back XRP. Just to address, address Jack's comment here, what is the potential for a buyback to take place? And then we'll kick it to Andrew Cashflow. You know, my gut feel on that one is, you know, and Coach did a great job bringing, uh, bringing that man on. He was talking about that. You know, there's this. I always look, you know me, I look at both sides of the coin. And so one side of the coin is they're going to buy it back. The other side of the coin is there's still a half a half a five fifty billion available that they could buy on the open market right now, so that they wouldn't necessarily have to buy it back. So, you know, is it or is there not? I have no idea. Uh, let me just say this: I don't know, right? And I'm not. But here's the key: mentally, mind wise, I'm not telling myself or setting an expectation in my mind that there will be a buyback. I'm not expecting it. Now, if it happens, great. And if it's you know it'll be a big number, maybe even better. But am I expecting it? I'm not going about that path. I'm going along the path of, 
you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. So when it does, it'll be great. If it doesn't, I won't be disappointed um, because I just think there's a good chunk of it out there that's available that they could go buy and still possibly be able to accomplish their goal. Andrew Cashflow, forget about the buyback, and let's just talk about this lawsuit here. Ripple's already operating as if they lost, yet continuing to expand all throughout the world. What does that say to you about what's taking place right now? And just to be clear, yes or no, does Ripple win this lawsuit? You know, to be honest, I don't care. Exactly. And you know why? The company, it's a solid company. The, 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 the XRP thing, whatever you call it, is there they are doing business it has a utility and do you ever think that if if they win or lose that it makes a change to their business no maybe yeah there will some price action of course there will be price action but nothing else will happen and that's why i don't care if they win or lose what i do care is that they make a lot of noise outside but what i do care is that that I have some some XRP and I keep it and I keep it and I keep it. A hundred percent. And here's the deal, Andrew. I feel like everybody is so focused on this lawsuit that they forget that the cryptocurrency market is so much larger than America, but most of the dollars are done in the U.S. currency. And I think that's why it's so important with this lawsuit going on right now. Gonzo, I do want to come to you, but first we're going to address these comments from Gary Gensler. He said, I'm neutral on crypto technology, but I'm not about the investor protection. These are highly speculative asset classes, and there are thousands of tokens, most of which have attributes of securities. I find this to be so interesting because he's basically saying, hey, guys, let me regulate this market. I'm going to do what's best for investors because I know what's best for investors. Gonzo, what are some of your thoughts? You know, it's it's just more the same. But you know, you know what I really found interesting that a lot of people weren't talking about is the whole Coinbase thing that we talked about last week with um, the uh, production manager that got arrested, right? Um the, the way he was able to get arrested was under wire fraud, right? Which means he was dealing in securities, which means like you could now articulate that Coinbase was selling securities, right? That's how they're able to put the case together. So I, I don't know if that's like a first volley of shots that's going to be towards Gary Genster going through exchanges. I'm not spreading FUD. I'm just telling you kind of how it works, how they were able to arrest him. But I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm glad that, you know, when we saw some of the Senate hearings, some of the congressmen spoke up and they kind of spanked the SEC because um, it seems like he was getting too big for his britches. So these guys are trying to kind of rein, uh, uh, rein him in. Um, so, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like he continues to say that everything's a security um, and it's just a joke. I find it to be very funny, and I know my man Johnny Crypto has got some hilarious comments on Gary Gensler and what's going on here. We got 247 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button, and if you think Ripple XRP is going to dominate this lawsuit, continue to tune into this channel because we are going to bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics every single day of the week. But Mr. Johnny Crypto, why don't you expose the rat snake weasel? Well, listen, Gary's definitely on that list, right? Um, but the reality is, in, in some cases, in this case, he's right that when he says some of these these coins are acting like securities, there's no question, especially a bunch of the NFT type stuff that was launched. So, you know, I'm going to call it like it is. I'm not going to bullshit. He's he's in this case, some some of his comments are correct. And his role is to regulate these things. So I, I don't think he's doing a power grab here. I, I just think the way he handled the whole SEC uh, ripple lawsuit, I think has been pathetic. But in terms of, him doing his job, he should do his job. And he should make sure that if something is a security, then 
do your job. And, and but when companies come in to work with you, you work with them. You don't sue them. You know that's that's the problem I have here. So. Well, here's my problem, Johnny, is that they're picking winners and losers, right? It'd be totally different if they were being objective, but they're giving Ethereum a free pass. They're attacking XRP. They're going yeah. after smaller exchanges. Yeah. It appears they're going to go after Coinbase now. So the biggest that's problem right. I have is the inauthenticity and the fact that they're choosing who's going to succeed in the new asset class. Yeah, and you have to understand that that's how that office works. Don't think they're doing it just for the, you don't think they didn't do that when they went after Tesla and they went after Amazon. And they, 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 they go after certain things for certain reasons. That, there's no difference. Um, we want to see consistency, and I don't know if we're going to get it. What we really need is Congress to act. And if Congress does their job and they put the regulation in place, then it makes it simple. Everybody knows the rules, and the SEC just go about their business rather than kind of trying to figure out how they want to handle this thing. But, um, yeah, so at the end of the day, I, I guess what we really, you know, somebody actually said an interesting comment. You asked, is there going to be a buyback? If you think about it, you know, why would, why would they buy this back at, you know, 10,000 or a thousand when they could buy it right now for, you know, 37 cents, there's going to be a buyback. You buy, and they might be buying it right now. You know, that, that makes the most sense to me. Um, buy it while it's cheap, get as much as you can. Then we'll see what happens. You know, they'll, they'll decide if they have enough of it to do what they need to do. And if they don't, Maybe they'll buy some back, but I don't think they'll be buying at that high rate. I don't know. Let, be let, let me say one more thing. I think, and I'm sure there's a lot of politics behind it. Mm -hmm. If XRP is really the cryptocurrency with which you can do international transfers, what do you think the Bank of International Settlements will think about it? What do you think about the first article from, from apps with the, with the BRICS country that are going now to make their own currency? Uh, the, the US dollar is under pressure as, as the world reserve currency. There's a whole, a whole, whole, whole narrative going on and we have not the slightest idea what's all happening there. Why is Jay Clayton leaving the SEC and two days earlier he starts the lawsuit, then he leaves and then uh, Gary Gensler comes in. Why is that? I mean, and Jay Clayton is heavily invested in Bitcoin and Ethereum and oh, Bitcoin and Ethereum have, has a free pass. This People don't don't misunderstand. There is so much politics going on underwater. We have not the slightest idea. The only thing what we should know is just believe in what you do and and and, and stick to your plan. That's important. Gonzo, I want to go back to you here because one of the things that catches my attention about the cryptocurrency market today is that there's a few projects that seem to be outperforming the rest and Ripple's team is one of them. But a couple of exchanges that I've really noticed are standing out among is Binance and FTX. They're buying out many of the cryptocurrencies that are going under right now. Sorry, crypto lending services that are going under. And I think we're going to see more and more of that going forward. One of the downsides is that the cryptocurrency industry seems to be becoming more monopolized than ever. I'd love to hear some of your comments there and the fact that Ripple, well, they're looking to monopolize on-demand global payments. Yeah, you know, um, I, I don't think that's uh, something specific to cryptocurrency, right? Just like the contagion that we're going through with the leverage, um, it's happened before, right? Whether it's uh, money markets, bonds, equities, right? When you get a new asset class, uh, that's what happens. People are new to the space. They get over leveraged and they get wrecked and they go away, right? And then the bigger companies absorbs the smaller ones. So what you're seeing is bad business models going away and good business models rising to the top, right? Um, now, so, and that's what you're seeing with Binance and FTX. These guys have a good business model and now they're going to observe, absorb um, uh, some of these smaller entities. 
and, and that's kind of how it works. That's how it works when, when you get into a new asset class. But it's not specific to us. It happens throughout. Very cool. And I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto here. Johnny Crypto, breaking news, my friend. Tesla has just received a second subpoena from the SEC over Elon Musk taking Tesla private tweet back in 2018. What catches my attention here is not only are they petty, but they're biased. What does this article say to you, Johnny? I don't care. I really don't. <laughs> I just don't care. I don't care about Elon. I don't care about Tesla. I'm so tired of him and, you know, and his manipulative tweets and things he does. He's a lying rat snake weasel, too. And so it's hard to it's hard to believe anything anything of I'm first I, he's buying first he's buying Twitter now he's not buying Twitter first he's buying Bitcoin he's using now he's not using Bitcoin I mean okay, how many times are you gonna you know hit another guy that court cried wolf so I don't know it doesn't you know what nothing's gonna happen to him anyway nothing happens to the big boys well if you don't like Elon Musk maybe you do like Chipotle Chipotle is encouraging fans to buy the dip with two hundred thousand dollars in crypto deposits. This is going to be really interesting. The five cryptocurrencies they chose to deposit to investors for free were Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, Avalanche, and Dogecoin. Dogecoin continues to make it onto lists like this, creating more and more utility for their ecosystem. But Solana and Avalanche being on here, that definitely sticks out to me. Gonzo, what does it say to you? And then I'm going to kick it to Andrew Cashflow. It's just more of the, uh, you know, the adoption curve, you know, finding use cases, you know, out of all of those, I mean, you know, the ones that, that, that you know, I love Avalanche, right? I, I think it's the future. Um, but um, it's so funny how we just can't shake Dogecoin, right? Like they, they're going to Porsche, even with the whole announcement that Elon did, because they had to sell their Bitcoin because they had to have positive cash flow, right? I think that was a business thing, but you know, you never know because we're not in those board meetings. But he made a point to say we didn't sell any of our Doge, right? And so no matter how much we try to shake this meme coin thing, it just doesn't die. It just doesn't go away, right? Exactly. Andrew Cashflow, I'm a huge advocate of Musk. I've been a, a fan of him for a long time before I ever got in the cryptocurrency market. So I'm extremely biased towards his takes. And one of the things I think he's going to do is continue to create use cases for Dogecoin now, I'm not an advocate for Dogecoin. It's not even one of the currencies I hold. I think I have $70, so I have no financial incentive to believe in this. But when I look at the project and I look at the billionaires who continue to make more use cases, it seems like Dogecoin may be here to stay. How do you feel about this initiative uh, going on with Coinbase and the fact that Dogecoin is going to be a part of it? Uh, you're muted, Cashflow. As long as I look to the to the curve to, to, to the graph and on, on coin market cap or on a, on a trading view of Doge, it's only going down. And I don't see a reversal pattern at the moment for, for, for Doge. The only thing I would have been interested in Doge is to see at least a reversal. And that's what I'm not, not seeing. So, and, and for me, it's still a, a meme coin and that, that's what it is. So I don't see real use cases. I don't, don't see real value. It is just hype and social sentiment. And I would say, you know, for, for speculation, speculation purpose, excellent to do. But if you see it came from uh, 73 cents and it's now six cents. So it's not down 90%. However, in the early days, it was only one cent. I'm, I'm not investing in Doge. Smart man, Andrew Cashflow. And you said it doesn't have any utility, but we're going to talk about a currency right now that has plenty of utility, and that is XDC. XDC tomorrow will be announcing that Web3 domains are available on their platform. Gonzo, just some really quick comments here before we dive into our last article. What does this say to you, and how do you feel about XDC in general? 
Oh, dude, I love XCC. I felt like, you know, that's one of the ones I started dollar cost averaging just uh, about a month or two ago. It's one of the ISO tokens, uh, and I think it has a bright future. Amazing. Thank you. That was very brief, Gonzo. And I like that. You kept it brief. You kept it concise. Try to keep it brief, bro. I know we're running out of time. <laughs> I actually, I'm deciding between our last article, but you know what? I think this one is going to be most important. Russia, China, and the BRICS nations are planning to craft a new international monetary, sorry, a new international reserve currency. At the end of June, members of BRICS nations met at the 14th BRICS summit to discuss world affairs. During the BRICS summit, Russian President Vladimir Putin announced that five members of Five member economies, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are planning to issue a new global reserve currency. The matter of creating a new international reserve currency was based on the basket of currencies that our countries collectively combine, Putin said. We are ready to open a we are ready to openly work with all fair partners. Turkey, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia are also learning looking to join this, but this is a massive move from the IMF. This is a move to address the perceived U.S. dominance of the IMF and would allow BRICS to build their own sphere of influence outside of U.S. dominance. I think this is a must a must understand for everybody out there in the cryptocurrency market because what we're experiencing right now, it's a, it's a move away from the U.S. dollar and into many of these other currencies. We're seeing it with Russia. We're seeing it with China. We covered the fact that China not only has social credit scores, but central bank digital currencies. And pretty soon, they're going to have their own monetary system. Johnny Crypto. Start us off here, my friend. What does it say to you? Well, first off, guys, we only got 116 likes. So if you can give that thing a smash, uh, the rock calls it the people's elbow. I'm going to call it the warrior's elbow. So give it a warrior's elbow. Smash that like button for us so everybody else can see this show. And, um, you know, this, guys, this article that Abs just brought to everybody's attention. Guys, please pay attention. This is the beginning of the new world reserve currency and the end of the, of the dollar's world reserve uh, dominance as the world reserve currency. We we have been telling you for a while that a basket of currencies would be coming called the SDR or the ESDR. This is it. It's happening right in front of your faces. Now, the thing is, nobody knows what this means. People don't understand what this means is if you own U.S. dollars, um, you know, the, the lifestyle of anybody owning U.S. dollars is going to get ugly over time. Once Look at any country when they lost the world reserve status. Their currency got inflated because everybody dumps it because the countries don't need it anymore to trade in it. And, and the lifestyle of the citizens goes down dramatically, quality of life. So get yourself prepared, you know, I'm mainly in gold and silver for this reason as well as crypto. And to be honest with you, I've been telling you, I'm going to be looking to buy some wine as well to offset because Brazil, any one of these currencies probably here would make sense. The Brazilian uh, dollar, the Russian dollar, the one you know, currency, I should call them currencies, not dollars. But uh, those are ones that you want to make sure you have some in the future because the dollar is near the end. And we saw that in the Ray Dalio video as well. So, Gonzo, we only have about one minute here. So again, you're great at this. Keeping it brief. Analysts believe that the BRICS move to create a reserve currency is an attempt to undermine the U.S. dollar and the IMF's SDR. Johnny Crypto has been talking about this for quite a while, but I'd love to hear some of your thoughts and then we'll close it out here. Yeah, we're seeing the beginning of this, right? We've talked about this, where the U.S. dollar goes away, and now we get a one-world currency, right? And this is the beginning stage of it. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate for the U.S. dollar. But, uh, hey, make sure today at 2 p.m. Eastern on Collecti's Twitter, they're going to have a Twitter spaces with Andrew Cashflow. Everyone's asking for it, and he's coming. 
Amazing, amazing stuff, Andrew Cashflow. Amazing stuff, Gonzo. We're going to close this thing off by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Johnny Crypto, cue up that music for me, my friend. We got 249 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button on the way out of here. We are going to see you guys in just 23 hours, but we're going to close it out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Ah, Johnny, you're a mute. Make sure to check out that Twitter space at 2 p.m. Eastern collecting tabs.